A very warm welcome to the Change Conversations podcast, where we help individuals to reignite the spark to look at their lives and careers with a different lens. Our interactions interrogate different individuals of all backgrounds who seek to be equipped for change in their careers and personal goals. I am your host, Mbumengu Betaga, and I look forward to bringing you impactful change conversations. Welcome to Change Conversations with Mbume. So today I'm speaking to a very lovely lady that I know, Unobisa. Unobisa is going to talk to us about her career and how she's ended up where she's at. And thank you for joining me. Please continue to like and subscribe and share and let's have a good conversation with Unobisa. Hi, Unobisa. Hi, Bums. How are you? I'm okay. And you? I'm good. Thank you. So the line in here is, you do a better job at introducing yourself than me. So do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, okay. <laughs> um, it always feels like blowing your own trumpet when you introduce yourself. Why but, not? Uh, let me blow it. Um, I am Nwabisa Machumza, um, and I have worked in the content space for the last 10 years. Uh, right now, I work as a senior content strategy manager for one of the pay TV companies uh, across Africa. And I really love my job. I started as an intern, and 10 years later, I am here. Oh, wow. When you say content, what does that mean? That means television content primarily, um, but I also do work with the radio. So um, what I do is that I look for channels um, for paid television, right? I assess channels, I help channels to perform better. um, And I also make sure that we've got the right channels, TV channels that people are looking for, and that those channels have the right content that people are looking for. Wow, that sounds interesting. So let's let's take a step back. When Nwabisa was 10 years old, did Nwabisa know anything about this content? Was Nwabisa interested in this content? Like, like when you were young, what did you think you'd do? So, okay, when I was 10 years old, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I can't remember that far. But um, when I was in high school, I wanted to be an accountant. Uh, I was very good in accounting. And, you know, being an accountant was one of the it jobs that you could uh, look forward to. So then when I was in grade 11, I was really good at accounting. So I thought I wanted to be an accountant, right? Uh, That was the it job, you know, with a lot of money and all these things. So I decided to go to PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, it was called back okay. then, yeah, for a, a shadowing program. Okay. I went there yeah, during the September holidays for a week. So I went there and uh, I was bored out of my mind. The people were great. Uh, they were really, really great. And they were teaching me things, but um the energy there just didn't match who I was. So wow. anyway, 
uh, at the end of that week, I was like, no, this is not what I want to do. And luckily for me, right next door to PricewaterhouseCoopers, this was in Port Elizabeth, uh, was um, the SABC, Mshobo Wenen. So I, every day when I left PricewaterhouseCoopers, I'd look at I'd look at the SABC and think I should go in there. I should go in there. And then on the last day at PwC, when I realized that, nope, this isn't for me, I got up the courage, I mustered up the courage to walk into Mshobowenene, and I asked them if I could come and shadow them. Um, wow. They were very busy, you know, media, everyone's busy. They're like, no, no, you must email us. I was like, no, no, who can I talk to? I just want to talk to them for five minutes. And then I just stuck there until someone came. <laughs> and uh, then they said, okay, yes, during the next school holiday, I can uh, come through and I can shadow them for a week. And that is how I fell in love with media. So at Umshabu Elizabeth, the energy oh, was wow. great. Yeah. So who knows? That's, that's, that's a very really interesting story. <laughs> Thank you. It could have gone very bad. Been an accountant and uh, it wasn't going to match. No, and, and I can relate because I also did commercial subjects. I also thought I was going to be a chartered accountant and that was short-lived, <laughs> literally. At university, then I really discovered accounting wasn't my thing. But I think what I like, Mwabisa, is that element of wanting to job share to somebody, just to get a sense of what that role looks like. Because most of the time what we do we think would love to do something up until you just spend a day or even two days in it and you look at what the other person is doing. And then you realize like, there is no way I can do this for the rest of my life. And I think just the guts to be able to walk out and go to SABC and stick around up until somebody spoke to you. That for me is like, wow, no, that, that was fantastic. I didn't so what the so um, I, I got to the SABC and um, I spent a week there. I think one of the best weeks uh, of my life. You can imagine at that point, um, I was 17, full of energy. The newsroom was super busy. Um, and at that point, there they were actually riots in, um, in Port Elizabeth, in one of the townships. So, you know, they let me do stuff inside. Uh, I got to sit in um, the morning prayer where they actually talk about which news stories they're going to do. And it was so fast paced. I really enjoyed it. And then um, they wouldn't let me go out, you know, into the field. But then I got to do voiceovers and to read stuff that actually went out on air. Um, wow. so that, was, <laughs> that was really, really great. And then at that point, that's when I decided that, okay, I'm going to go and study media. Um, at that point, I said, I want to be a journalist. You know, that was what yes. I wanted to do. So mm. I went um, to UCT. Actually, after matric, I didn't go directly to, to varsity because at home there wasn't money right, for okay. me to register during my matric year. So then I worked uh, the year after varsity. Mm -hmm. which was really great. I actually studied accounting at UNISA while I was working, right? Even though in my heart, I knew. You knew what you wanted. wanted. Yes. But my family, 
no, Mavisa, you know, you have to study a BCom. And I'm like, I want to do a BA. They're like, you're not going to have money. You're not going to find a job with a BA. <laughs> like, what? Uh, journalists are poor. And in my heart, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. So I applied for both um, accounting and media. And then I got mm. accepted for accounting at um, Rhodes. And I didn't tell my father. I just kept quiet. So first option was accounting. Second was media. And then UCT came through. And then I said to him, I wasn't accepted for accounting, you know, didn't show him the papers. And I went and I studied <laughs> and I went and I studied what I was passionate about. And um, but does later, he know the story now that you were accepted at, at no, the other I've university? No, I've never told him. He still um, <laughs> hasn't accepted that I didn't get a BCom accounting degree. <laughs> He's going to know after this. Yes. Oh, no, but now I think it's time to tell him I am doing my MBA. So that has sort of made him feel much better. <laughs> He's very oh, old. That's school. funny. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you got accepted at UCT. Yes. Okay. Uh, for a BA in media, uh, media and writing. So mm-hmm. I did a triple major in media and writing, English literature, and political science. So I thought oh, it would be, you know, a great uh, combination for a journalist. Okay. Yeah. So, so when you started working, how did that go? So where did you start? So um, looking for a job was not easy, uh, but then I got an internship. Um, at multi-choice and I started as an intern in what was called the platform department so basically that is the division that is responsible for project managing all the channel launches um, and the technical um, aspects of it testing the quality before the channel launches making sure that um, everybody in our business as well as the channel side is ready for the channel to get launched. That uh, marketing is ready, customer care knows that this channel is coming, they have all the answers they need. Technically, we are ready to launch, say, on X day and at X time and that everybody is on board. So that is where I started. I was very grateful in that um, when I started, I didn't do, you know, a lot of people tell you when you're an intern, the first thing that you're going to do is make copies. Uh, <laughs> uh, luckily for me, when I arrived in the office, um, I was sharing an office uh, with this other gentleman who was a bouquet assistant, right? Mm-hmm. The first day you arrive in the office, they give you your laptop, they tell you this is where you sit, and then you sit around and you think, okay, what now? What so now? I there, yes. <laughs> for a few minutes and then I was like okay let me chat with this guy um his name was Chaz I was like oh hi I'm Nabisa um what are you doing and at that point he was assessing a channel I was like oh I can help you with that I knew nothing about assessing channels I said you can tell me what to do I can help you with that and uh, so on my first day I actually assessed um a channel I still remember you know it was a wedding channel and, oh wow uh, yeah, so so luckily, I actually started doing real work um, from day one. Mm. Yeah. No, that's great. So, but Nobisa, 
why are you passionate about content? Like what, what, where does that come from? Oy, oh my goodness. Um, you know, when you talk about content, for me, it's when you, when you see what we've done, right, as a, as a content specialist, I call myself a content specialist, um, when you see when people are watching television, you know, you see excitement, people get sad, people get happy, you know, there are all these emotions. Um, mm -hmm. People want to talk about these things, you know, um, television, um, I'm using the, 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 the tele content, you know, the word television to describe content. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a huge medium, right? That can make you happy, it can make you sad, it provides you with knowledge. You learn so much from television. That is what excites me. And when you see people enjoying it, I, I yeah, there's nothing better than that. So, so if there's somebody who's hearing this conversation, what would you tell them? What are the things that if they would like to do this job, what, what are the things that they must think about? What skills do they need? What would that look like? Okay, so I think to work in television, the first thing that I always recommend people to do is to love television. If you cannot watch television and want to make television, it doesn't work. <laughs> and and I've, heard, I've heard people going, I don't even own a television. Like, you know, what are the chances that you are going to make something that matters for television when you don't exactly, own Exactly, right? So you don't have to own the traditional box that sits in your lounge, you know what I mean? Your, yeah, your, yeah. your phone, you know, is has become the new television box, right? Exactly, yeah. If, you know, if you sit under your covers at night and all you're doing is watching content, watching content, laughing, crying, being in awe, that is the first thing uh, for, for working in television. And the reason why it's so important to have a passion for it, it's because TV isn't a science, right? Mm -hmm. and it's an art. There is an aspect of science that comes into it that we'll probably talk about later. But yeah. um, whenever you do an art, uh, you have to be passionate about it. You have to love it. And people will see that when they watch the content, right? Yeah. So if, if that doesn't come through, right, then you're not going to get it right. So that's the first thing. Love mm. television. Love content. It doesn't matter whether you love watching just cartoons or watching whatever right um you can make content because then once you understand how to enjoy the art you can create the art yeah yeah, yeah i hear you and then uh what do you study now let's get technical um to be honest 100 percent honest you don't really have to study for this um a lot of the things that I ended up doing in the workplace, a lot of them I did not get taught in school, right? Okay, yeah. However, it will stand you in good stead if you have a degree or a diploma in media studies. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you want to be in production, do please mm -hmm. study film because that's more technical, right? You can't get to a film set and everyone has to be teaching you this is what this camera is called, you know, this is what panning means. And because yeah. the, the, the environment that you're coming into is so fast paced, 
that if you don't understand these things, um, people are going to get frustrated with you. So if you have that yeah. basis, especially in production, um, mm. then that will uh, help you quite a great deal. Yeah. Okay. Um, studying a language, right? I think is, yeah. is, is, is beneficial. Um, the reason for language is not so that you can speak good English or, um, <laughs> or, 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 or you know, be, but uh, language um, has history to it, right? Okay. And it means that the depth of your knowledge when you're speaking to people, when you're putting uh, content together, you can tap yeah. into that, right? I okay. always say people in television need to read a lot, right? You mm -hmm. watch a lot of television, and also read a lot because understanding history, it doesn't matter whether you are in news production or you're in <laughs> filmmaking, right? If you don't yeah. understand history, then you won't be able to tell authentic stories. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Because if I only am aware of my lived experiences, I can only tell stories within that framework, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I can't only tell stories that Unwabisa and people like Unwabisa will relate to. You want to tell stories to a broader uh, base of people. And you can't live everybody else's experiences, but you can read about them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I don't know, maybe I'm very old school, but I feel that uh, reading about things... <laughs> Reading. You are so young to be old school, buddies. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but reading has um, a certain element to it because unlike um, you, you become closer to the writer and your characters in a way that you can't be in television or TV content, you know. So once you yeah. understand and how to build emotions, how to relate to a character emotionally, which comes from reading, um, yeah. then you'll be able to create the same type of content. You know, when you read a book and you cry, you get angry, or you're like, yes, this person, get out of there. It's the exact same emotions that you're going to create, right, yeah. on the television screen. And that's why people will keep watching or they won't watch anymore. True. So yeah, those are my three things. Love television. Study media or television uh, and film, and read. Get get experience okay. in other people's um, how other people live. Okay, no, that's great. But talk to me. What does a day at work for Nwabisa look like? Just to just to get people to visualize what goes on, and 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 for them to get a sense of on a day to day what happens. Okay, every day is different. Uh, there's is never, sure. <laughs> yes, there's never a day like you know, like yesterday or the week before, mm. the month before. Um, but mm, I need to pick one thing, right? So yeah. one of the key things, let us say now, uh, the business has decided that we need to look for a channel. Easter is coming up. Right. Yeah. So now we need to look for a channel. Um, the kids are going to be home. Um, so we know that we need a channel for Easter. Right. Um, so now the main task is for me to go out there. Um, not 
physically out there, but, you know, do research. What type of channels are out there? What type of channel do we need? Is it a kid's channel? Is it a religious mm -hmm. channel that we're looking for, right? Um, so let's say it is a kid's channel and we want to speak to young boys or we don't have enough yep. content for girls type of thing. So then yeah. we want to speak to young boys. They are looking for an action channel. So I'd go out there um, and say, okay, what do the other competitors have, right? Yeah. And then I also go and I look, what do they have in the States? What do they have in the US, right? That we currently don't have um, that yeah. speak to our market. And then you would start then um, chatting to those people to say, hey, I'm looking for this type of channel. What do you have? People will send you uh, what they have. So mm -hmm. then you would assess it, uh, you would assess the channel um, and you'd also watch the content, right? Because you can't assess a channel on paper, right? Yeah. So now when I'm assessing this channel, I'm no longer Unwabi's uh, a 30-year-old female, right? I have to assess this channel as a seven-year-old boy, right? Who is, <laughs> who is home for the holidays, who has yeah. watched, all these other channels. So then that's the framework that I'm assessing this channel as, right? Okay. Because if I wanted to speak to the right people, I need to become that person. And, so and how do you do that, that though, Navisa? Doesn't that, isn't that tricky? It is uh, at first. It mm -hmm. is because it's so hard to not look at something through your own um worldview right yeah, but then after yeah, all, yeah. you start learning you have to say okay a seven-year-old boy what do the what do they like right mm -hmm. they like mm -hmm. playing these types of games okay if they're not playing games what are they watching they like watching yeah. funny cartoons you know on cartoon network on nickelodeon what type of cartoons are they watching they like yeah. action and they also like comedy right yeah. um and then, so say I don't have a seven-year-old in my household. So you need to then start, you look at the data around, I like that last week uh, your conversation was around data, right? Yeah. One of the conversations you have. You start reading about who is this viewer? What do they like? And then yeah. when you're watching this content, you start ticking now to say comedy, there it is, right? Okay. Uh, action there it is hold on they've seen this action before on another channel no this won't work for them or this action okay. is gruesome for them or this isn't the type of comedy they like you know they like slapstick kind of comedy people yeah. falling over type of thing so then that's how then you get into the mind of a seven-year-old boy and you become okay. one because if you assess a kid's channel as a parent, you know, there's the, they, the type of content that parents want their chi children to watch. <laughs> and they're not that, that you would not approve if you're assessing it from a parent's perspective. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you want it to be educational. You exactly. Want, exactly. <laughs> you don't want to see the kids teasing each other, but that is what the kid who's sitting in front of the TV enjoys watching right mm -hmm. but then at the same time you need to now um, use your judgment to say okay how far can we take this and then how can I be a responsible broadcaster it can be funny but I am still putting in those good values in there that the parents want to see 
right? Yeah. yeah. So they laughed at the kid when the the kid, you know, when the kid was falling. But then at the end of the day, there's a good moral behind it, you know. Um, the underdog wins, or the other kids help this kid afterwards, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So if you watch it, then there's always those that balance, you know. It's funny, but at the end, the, at the at the end of the day, the good guy always wins. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So that is the, um, so that is pretty much how it would go. And then, so you're looking at research data, and you're also watching television, right? Which is the best part of our job. And then at the yeah. and then you also looking at what does the business want, right? Because now you have to think about the seven year old. Right. And yep. uh, you also have to think about what is the business looking for? Right. Mm. Like, mm. Will this channel meet those goals from a business perspective? And okay. that's where it starts getting technical. OK, but I'm assuming that how you assess a channel and how you just assess a piece of a program is still the same thing. Right. Pretty much, yeah. Well, are there any differences if it's a channel to just assessing a piece of content? Um, I think a piece of content, you have to delve in a bit deeper and a bit more personal, right? Okay. Um, so, but when you're assessing a, a whole channel, you do look at the same things, really, because it's always about who is watching and what yeah. reactions you're looking for. Right. Okay. Um, okay. And now in a, in, in a piece of content, now you have to go into what is the storyline? How does the storyline develop? Right. Yeah. Um, when are the cliffhangers? Right. Um, what is the moral of the story? So, yeah. so, so from a program perspective, now you delve in a bit deeper and you say, I bought this character for this to be authentic, why is this character speaking English like 90% of the time when they black, when she's angry, you know, but her, her home language is Zulu. But when, you know, yeah. so what those things you need to look into. So the authenticity is always, I think, number one. And that's what makes great content. If it's not authentic, it won't fly. Okay. No, I, yeah. I, I hear you. But let's balance this conversation. What are the things that you don't like about a job? <laughs> Could be just one thing that you just don't enjoy doing. Um, there's a lot of regulatory um, guidelines that we need to follow, right? Yeah. Um, so now that's the law part of, of this whole thing, right? The paperwork yeah. I sometimes don't like. Um, <laughs> when you need to write a lot of reports, but uh, we need to follow, we can't just create content as how and when we feel. We need to follow strict guidelines. And sometimes um, content producers don't follow those guidelines where, you know, certain type of content can only play at a certain time of the day, right? Mm -hmm. Um, content that plays, you know, during the day can't have certain sex scenes. The language, you know, um, the type of language they speak, it can't have certain things. So sometimes those things slip through the cracks and then we get into trouble and then um, we need to resolve that, right? 
So, yeah. so yeah, so so going through that, that's the serious part of, of this, you know, the policeman, I call it the policing element. <laughs> so we need to make sure that uh, we are responsible broadcasters. And it's yeah. not always nice because you're sometimes like, no, man, but people are going to like this. People want to see it. But yes, it's not suitable uh, either for this market or it's not suitable for this time slot. But then if now I put it later, you know, um, at night when the kids are sleeping, but there's not a lot of people awake at that time. So not a lot yeah. of people are going to see this piece of content. So it's about policing it and um, ensuring that we're doing right by our viewers. Yeah. And, and what are the, sorry, continue. Yeah. No, no. So I, I wanted to say, what are the nuances that you must take into consideration when you are creating content that could be global or that could be for the continent per se? Because it's not just about South Africa or Uganda or Malawi. Now you're, it's a piece of content that can be, that needs to be watched globally or just um, across the region? What do you need to think about from that perspective? Ooh, that is a great question. Um, let's talk about Africa as a whole, as a continent, right? Even South Africa is very, I wouldn't say, you know, you can put South Africa in one box. This is how South Africans are, you know? Yeah. Or this is how Nigerians are. It's never like that. So when we're now creating a piece of content, let's say for the whole continent, now you need to think about how different um, South Africans are to say Nigerians, right? What are the key differences there? there but then at the same time, we are so similar in other mm. ways, right? Mm. So when you're talking about sex, right? How far can you push it? Uh, but... Um, what are the things that are complete no-no, right? Okay. Yeah. So if you think about, let's say, France, yeah, for them, showing boobs, that's they don't consider that nudity, right? Mm -hmm. But for mm -hmm. us, having a woman uh, walking uh, on your TV screen without her top on, that is, uh, everyone will be like, I oh, that's nudity. You can't do that, right? Mm -hmm. So even when you're um, acquiring content from international sources and bringing it, to Africa, you need to think about that. So that's one of the other important things we do. Um, when we acquire content from international guys to say, guys, you can't do this here. Or sometimes you can't do this in South Africa, right? Uh, the laws are pretty liberal. However, if now you take the same piece of content to just next door, Zambia, right? Yeah. Uh, you need yeah. to now think about how different the laws in Zambia are to South Africa. Right. Yeah. So, and also thinking the community, is it more of a Christian community? Right. Um, how strict are they? Right. In, in, in terms of and the values. Right. Specific values um, that are in Kenya would be different to the core values in Nigeria would be different to Zambia and South Africa. But then yeah. how can we take this single piece of content and make sure that it speaks to all those different people across all those different regions? So it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> you have to find the right piece of the puzzle that fits. Yeah. 
It, so, it sounds exciting and challenging at the same time, though. It is. I think so, yeah. It's like, um, you know, you can't be complacent and say, I'm just creating a piece of content because my aunt likes it. You know, you have to think... <laughs> You have to think through it, um, you know, but also be quite scientific. So this is where now it comes to reading, right? And then yeah. understanding those different nuances. And when can you break the rules? Because, I mean, this is art, right? At what point can we break the rules? And, and creative people love breaking the rules. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> Yeah, but I think what, what's important for me is, is knowing, hence I'm asking you that what are the pieces of your work that you might not like as much? It still needs to be done, but, mm -hmm. but you might not like, because I think all of us, and, and we get caught up in the conversation that says, I'm, I'm, I finally found my passion and I'm very passionate about my job. But mm -hmm. even in the midst of how passionate you are, there are still pieces of that that you're just like, I want somebody else to do this part, you know, <laughs> no matter how passionate I am about it. But, and, and for me, um, I'm passionate about, about the stuff that I do, but I need somebody else to read all the legal documents and stuff because my brain doesn't go there. If I have to do it, I'll do it. But it's like, oh God, can they write in English? Can I just read? <laughs> and understand what they're saying because you know so yeah. so it's quite critical that even when you found something that you're passionate about understand that there will be days where you feel like i don't feel like doing this today it happens once mm -hmm. in a while it's not on a daily basis but also there are pieces of the work that you might not be as passionate about but it still needs to yeah. be done I so think one of the greatest examples, you know, that 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 matches up with this um, is that with content, right? Um, now you're an artist, right? Um, but you're mm. working for a corporate. So I come up to Mbume and I say, Mbume, I have this fantastic idea, you know. Uh, this is great. There's this uh, new channel. This is what it does. It's beautiful. It's all of these things. And then the business is okay, all right, we hear you, bring us the numbers, you know, how are we going to sell this thing? And you, you can't just say, no, it's great, guys, it's going to sell, people are going to watch it, you know, because yeah. I say, great, because you maybe can see the vision, but not everybody will have the same passion as you. So now then you have to go and be like, okay, what is the research data saying? And research, it's reading numbers, it's calculating numbers, looking at trends. It's not mm. always exciting, you know? Um, yeah. And sometimes you might not really understand all this data, all these numbers. So you have to put in the time to understand how does this, how does this data work? Because for me to go and convince uh, my superiors I need to be able to take this data and create a story out of it, right? Yeah. Um, my CEO only wants to see numbers. He doesn't care about how beautiful this channel is and the trends that are happening on social, you know? He wants to see the numbers. So in order for me to get what I want, I need to go through this, um, <laughs> you know, this tunnel of crunching the numbers and pulling the data. And you can't do that unless you put in the time to understand it. 
Yeah, and and I think that's a very critical point, Mabisa, because th- there's an element of I just want to create, and and you you've got producers and directors and actors that just want to create, but even with them just creating, at the end of the day, there is an element of return on investment. Are we making money, or are we <laughs> yeah. not making money? So it, it, it all boils down to a point of, I am creative, but there are other elements that I need to do in my job that I might not like. And, and sometimes this is where outsourcing comes in. If you've got other people that can do that bit of work for you, then it's ideal that you, you, you do that. But if you're employed, there's an expectation that you produce some of these things yourself. So you need to take the time to learn. And, yeah. and, and be able to sell your idea plus the business element that comes with it, which I think is very important. It is. And, you know, it's the, the difficulty with this, right? Um, I acquire content, but I don't have an endless pull of gold, you know, that whenever I see something I like exactly, right, that I can pay for it and say, oh, my gosh, no, let's put it on. And there's only so many channels we can put up, right? Uh, Because uh, satellite capacity is like um, a house. You only have so many rooms in it. You can only accommodate many people. So it might be a great piece of content or a great channel, but is this channel going to bring people in, right? And you can't only show me your beautiful content. You need to show me that you've done the research into this, right? Yeah, yeah. That, uh, all those other things that because it's not just you who's presenting content to me there's a huge line of you guys a huge line of producers a huge line of uh, content creators right so I need to pick the best out of I don't know this line of 10 people and it's yeah. not only going to be about the beautiful content because at the end of the day this is a business yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's very true. It's not the nice part of it, but it's the reality of it, like what you were saying. Yeah, no, that's great. So, so Nabisa, if somebody, um, I think this is my last question, if somebody were to really want to get into this, they are listening to you, they are thinking, I think this is exciting, this is exciting. Um what's the one thing that you, you, you ask them to do? Or the one thing that they must think about? Um, well, okay, it depends where they are in their career, right? Okay. So the advice that I would give to someone in school is definitely on one of your holidays, um, call someone up. The, the greatest thing about it is that people in this industry love teaching. Mm-hmm. They're always willing to, um, okay, when it's not COVID <laughs> or lockdown, you know, go in and spend time at a media company, right? Um, the people in this industry are extremely friendly, um, but people need to see that you want to do this, right? If yeah. you show the passion, people are busy. So take that into account. So you're not just going to walk into, into a place and people are going to be like, yes, I've got time to shadow you, but um, ask, right? I always say ask. The worst thing anybody can say to you is no, 
is no exactly yeah, and no is not going to kill you you will ask exactly. someone else <laughs> you know you ask someone else until you get someone to say yes so definitely um learn more about um the focus that you want to go into because it's so broad right you can be in production you can be in post production spend time yeah. there with the people so that you actually really understand what it is they do um and then if you're already working right so now you don't have time to go and study uh, for a film degree spend time with the people volunteer some of your time right yeah, um, yeah. I was looking for a job. One of the things I did is that I went and I worked as a journalist for one of the radio stations here in Joburg, right, while I was waiting for my interviews. And mm. I volunteered my time. And during that time that you volunteer, you learn so much. Yeah. Right? yeah. And once people can see that you're passionate about this, it will be easier for them to say, hey, we've got this opening. Would you be interested? So yeah, you yeah. Have extra or, or they can refer you as well because yeah. now they can because people only refer people that they trust. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to refer someone you've never worked with and then they get there and they do things and then a bunch of people be like, ah, maybe said this is your person. You're like, no. Exactly. <laughs> no. Yeah, because that's what happens. And then people won't ever trust your recommendations again, right? Because the last time, <laughs> the person you recommended. So definitely uh, speak to people. Um, like 10 years later, you know, within our company. So just right before uh, we went on to lockdown, I was actually, um, I'd actually booked a couple of sessions with one of our movie uh, managers you know, and she was teaching me more about uh, acquiring movies. So okay. there's no there's no point where, I don't think that there's a point in your career where you can say, ah, I'm too old for this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or I have got enough experience because the industry itself is so broad, you know, uh, you can always learn more. An hour, once a week, 30 minutes, once a week, um, and people will help you. They will teach you stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Thank you, Nobisa. I think the, those are great points. And, and mainly, I always have these conversations with people that want to do career transitioning. Because sometimes when you're thinking, oh, I've been in marketing, but I love to go into content, um, there's an element of saying, but what am I bringing through? What skills am I bringing through? And sometimes you might be thinking you want to get into content only to find that that's not exactly what you, you like. So the conversation around job shadowing somebody, having some inf informational reviews with somebody on what do you do on a daily basis, just volunteering if you can, so that at least you can be exposed to that space for you to then really decide if this is something that you would like to move into or not, you know? So uh, I think that's a great point. Anyway, Novisa, thank you very much for the time. If people would like to get hold of you, have a conversation with you, where can they find you? Uh, I suck on social media, but uh, they, can <laughs> they can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. Um, so Novisa Makumza, so they can send me a message on LinkedIn. Um, okay. Yeah, my I, I'm not on Twitter. Well, I am on Twitter, but I don't 
I'm not actively there. Yeah. But don't tweet. <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> I look at other people's tweets. <laughs> I can relate. I can relate. <laughs> the tweets are definitely I, I don't think I've got the emotional, um, you know, the EQ for Twitter. It's, uh, whew, yeah, <laughs> you tweet one thing wrong and then it's over. <laughs> LinkedIn no, is safe. Yeah, LinkedIn is safe and quite professional. Um, <laughs> thanks, Nobisa, for taking the time. So to anybody who was listening to this, um, please, if you really did enjoy our conversation, you can um, share, you can like, and you can then recommend with other people to subscribe to us. Um, thank you for taking the time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Change Conversations. If you enjoyed our show and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and kindly post about it on your social media platforms. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Change Conversations with Mbume. I am Mbume Mbedaga signing out and I will see you again next week.